Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hello, everybody! It's that time of the week. I thought you were going to sing "Hello Dolly." Hello, Robert. Well, hello, Robert. Boy, the re- a couple weeks ago when Bernadette opened in that "Hello Dolly," boy, the reviews were so good for her. Hey, Fem, let me go. <laughs> I can't do an impression of her. I tried though. Oh, that was. She's going to be seven. She's seventy. She don't look it. Damn, she look good. She looks real she good. Real good. She was sixty-four. We did a little. Night music, and you were like, it was like every time you see her, you're like, her body, everything's like perfect. Not that like that we have to be like that, but it's just like, what are? Did you drink? Oh, I used to have such a crush on her. Oh, when、yeah. I was a kid, she was on the cover of Playboy in 1984. Oh, really? Yeah, we may have found a copy of that when we were doing the show. <laughs> oh yeah, did she sign it? No, I don't think we told her because we were embarrassed. We were a little. Embarrassed. I bet you she has her own copies. She wasn't like naked. I mean, she was just in like sexy lingerie. But、uh, it was like, but back then she was so famous in the '80s that she、oh、was on、yeah. the cover of Playboy. I mean, that's she used、wild. to do a commercial for Dryer's ice cream or Briar's ice cream. Briar's, but it was very sensual. Really, and I used to get. I was. I got very hot and flustered. Ooh! Now that I'm older and I realize I'm gay, I think it was the ice cream that was getting <laughs> me that way. <laughs> I think she just happened to be there. <laughs> okay, all、it、right. Could have been anyone.、Nice. Okay. To be honest with you, That's sweet. You know, could have been、oh、Kathy Bates、gosh. enjoying you know strawberry froyo, and <laughs> I still would have been turned on. But You're killing me, Rob. It's the ice cream. It's the、you、ice cream. I love that、friend. ice cream. We did, you know, we did that on one of our favorite things, which was you know celebrities, Broadway actors who had done commercials, commercials at yes, some point. Yes, of course. I liked that one. Oh, that's fun. I thought I knew. I thought we were a little reaching a little bit, but I liked it. No, I thought, no, I was I like, thought that was fun. That was, that was good. That was to、fun. see、uh, Lauren Bacall talk about High Point Coffee. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. That one was I. Wa- I went home and watched that one after. If you, friends,、uh, if you go. <laughs> by the way, hello. How how are you guys? It's very nice to you're listening to us today.、Um, if you go back to the episode that we're talking about, it's like a year and a half ago that Rob he featured commercials that are your Broadway celebs have been in, and one of those commercials that I went to look up afterwards was、uh, Lauren Bacall <laughs> doing cough Folgers or something. High、coffee. Point. High Point Coffee. And she, what's the quote? What does she say? But it's so weird. She's like stirring it, kind of、oh, like、yeah. that lady in Get Out. You know, 
You think Lauren Bacall was hypnotizing? A little us bit. It was a little creepy, like to that. buy High Point coffee. Yeah, it was like really kind of because she, she was creeper in that. She's <laughs> like, Hi, I'm Lauren Bacall. I drink this coffee. I drink High Point. It's almost like the director said, "Can you just emphasize the name a little R- bit go more?" Go up on the line. <laughs> She's like, "I'll go up on the line for you." <laughs> High Point. But there's okay. I have a problem with commercials that take place backstage at theaters because there's two of them. There's Blythe Danner mm-hmm. does a commercial I think for osteoporosis or something. Okay. Um, and uh, Lauren Bacall in this. Okay, so let me tell you the Lauren Bacall one really quickly. We'll post it. She's literally standing at a piano, and then she goes, "Let's take a break." And she goes into her dressing room and she starts talking about High Point Coffee and how good it is. And she goes, "It's so creamy and rich and blah blah blah." And she starts like making the coffee in the star dressing room, and she takes a sip and she goes, "And it's lovely." And then the stage manager goes, "We're ready for you, Miss Bacall." Yes. I'm like, okay, first of all, why is she rehearsing in the theater with no set? <laughs> Second of all, this would be at a rehearsal. This would be at 890 Broadway. Second of all, her dressing room wouldn't be that nice. Who works for a minute, then says, let's take a break? And is like, oh, I need to get some coffee first before I go back out on stage. And she, first of all, she looks glamorous. And then she's in her dressing room for literally 32 seconds. And the guy's like, we're ready for you, Ms. Right. McCall. <laughs> what, the, what kind of world, what kind of non-ec world... <laughs> Are we living in Beef here? Beef and Boards Dinner Theater. Is, this, is she mm-hmm. at Beef and Boards? Yeah, she is. Why mm-hmm. is Lauren Bacall at Beef and Boards? <laughs> she got to pay the bills, Rob. Is she? <laughs> you can't live in the Dakota for nothing. I'm Lauren Bacall for <laughs> Beef and Boards Dinner Theater. Oh, God. This season, The Cherry Orchard, <laughs> a play everyone loves, but nobody comes to see. <laughs> oh, gosh. After that. I'm the barn in plain and fancy. <laughs> I'm the picnic blanket and picnic. <laughs> <laughs> My costume is made of wicker, and I'm the basket and picnic. <laughs> I actually am the yellow brick road, which I was that one summer stock year. I really was the yellow brick road. Were you really? Yeah, didn't I tell this story on the air before? Maybe because I, I told my students. I Thank always God think you're making it there's up. There's no photographs that exist, but at Hope Summer Repertory Theater in 2001, we did The Wizard of Oz, and it was the director's great idea to make the yellow brick road personified. And who got the lucky job? Me. Me and this other girl named Nicole Thierry, I'll never forget, because she was on American Idol, and she was Scooter Girl, the crazy girl on the scooter. But... Yellow Brick Road, my costume. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm Yellow ready. unitard checkered vest. Yellow. Just yellow unitard. If and I you have think, pictures. No, no, none exist because thank God we didn't have cell phones back then. Listeners. And no, that no, does not exist. And I literally would be on underneath the stage waiting to make my entrance, you know, like, which way are we going to go? And I would like run out and like smile really big and point the direction. And I, I remember even then, like a junior in college that summer, thinking to myself, oh God, I don't want to go out there. Don't make me go out there. I don't want to go out there dressed like this. Why? Were your parents proud? I think so. We've had some questionable community theater experiences, and God bless our parents. They They've make stood us by who us, we are. Kevin. You know, we have to have them. That's God bless those community theaters out there. Have you guys ever had any great community theater experiences? Anything wild? Anything, you know, doing Annie with all boys or something? You know, just something wacky that you've experienced in the audience or on stage? Listeners, let us know. I'm dying to know. What Can I tell you some stories? Yes, please. Can we trade war stories? Yes, go. Do you know what I made my community theater debut doing? This is a, tr- a true story. Oh, God. Juno. (laughs) (laughs) I play June. (laughs) At the JCC. At the JCC. (laughs) Of Thousand Oaks. Bogey was the O. (laughs) And then we had High Point and Crystal Man. Oh, my God. Um, I I did uh, my first community theater show that I was in was Maine. Oh. 
I, have I ever told you this story? I don't think so. Oh, I'll, my if, God. If you did, I'll pretend like I've never heard it before. Oh, good. That's that's usually how my yeah. friends react. Yeah. So, so here we go. <laughs> this is a true story. This is an absolutely true story. I was 12 years old. I got cast in a community theater production of MAME where the woman playing MAME literally lived at our local senior center. Were you Patrick? Uh, here we go. <laughs> so I was 12 years old, okay. right? And I got, and I couldn't sing. I'm not a singer. Right. I, you, we know this at this we, point. Well, unless it's Robert Goulet, but yes, we know. We yes, know. We, we, yes, we figured right. out. You're that, waving through a window that, still. That pitch and re- I do not go yeah. well together. Um, anyway, so I, uh, I, they cast me as Junior Babcock. Okay. Okay, so if you remember in MAME, there's Mr. Babcock, who runs the Knickerbocker Bank, who's very conservative, right? right? And that, okay. He has a son that has, like, two scenes Great. in the show. One is him at college being like, hey, you got a letter from your aunt. And one is um, the, he, the scene with Mame where they dance before That's How Young I Feel. Our director, who was addicted to cocaine at the time, uh-uh. Um, uh-uh. cut That's How Young I Feel. Uh-uh. Also, my scene went with it as well. Okay. So off I went. Um, it's okay. And so I was Junior Babcock. For a week. And I remember, I was 12 years old. I was 12 years old. Very okay? impressionable age. The director comes to me and says, hey, listen, the guy who's playing older Patrick is going to be gone for two weeks. No. Um, can you do that? No. Stop it. And he goes, well, cut the songs. Because you were bald. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I say it with love. I say it with love. No, I love I, you. I love I you so much. I still had a nice full head of hair at 12. No, totally Talk kidding. to me at 13. Totally kidding. <laughs> um, and so I was like, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. And so for the first week, it was a six-week run. <laughs> you were older, week, Dennis. For the first week, I was Junior Babcock. <laughs> and then the second week, I was the same age as the person playing young Patrick. But now I was playing older Patrick because I looked older. And I had to make out with the girl that played uh, Peggy or whatever her name is in this thing. Gloria, whatever her name is. My jaw is on the floor And right she now. was like 40. And we still did it. Then the guy who played... What? Oh, it gets better. The guy who played Ito, the Asian manservant, no. leaves. No, no, He Rob. gets a movie job. No. And they're like, don't. well, who's going to play Ito? Don't, t- don't tell me you played Mickey Rooney in like, Breakfast at Tiffany's. And they put me... Shut they, they, I And then I played Ito for the remainder of the run. But now this is... You were like the swing, basically, of the show. Yeah, but listen to this. You'll love this. The week before he quit this guy, he was going through his own issues. They were like, well, we don't know if he's going to be here tonight. So what would happen is we would all come out. We would dance It's Today, mm-hmm. right? We would freeze at the end of the number. Yeah. And Agnes Gooch and young Patrick would ring the doorbell. Yeah. And then the kitchen door would open and Ido would come out and he would open the door and go, you looking for Miss Dennis? Like that. Okay. Seriously, just like that. That was like, in, like, friends, like very that Mickey was Rooney. Like I'm like giving you. Yeah, he like went right, there. Right. And they said to me, if the doorbell rings and the kitchen door doesn't no. open, that means he didn't show up, so you're going to play the role. So you'd literally... Ha- you would literally be in a freeze, waiting. The doorbell would ring. You'd look to the kitchen door. <laughs> if no one came out of it, then I would, like, scurry and open the door and play Edo. No! And if he did come out of it, I would just go back and join the ensemble. Oh, my god! So I went from Junior Babcock to Older Patrick to Edo. Most offensive thing ever, and don't think the theater didn't get letters. This was 1996, so even back then, people were like, this is kind of fucked up. Then, just to make the cherry on top of my offensive Sunday even more perfect, the next show I did was Annie Get Your Gun, where I played Chief Sitting. No, no, you stop it. I have pictures. I, oh, I Next thing I did was Annie Get Your Gun. I cannot wait to and see And I was pictures. playing Chief Sitting Bowl. Community theater, man. That was the wow. Conejo Players. The Conejo Players. In- God, I wish I could have seen your dream girls. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, I bet that was good. Curtis was supposed to love me. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Where I played all three dreams. Oh gosh, that's so. Funny. But can you imagine you're on stage in a freeze no, and, they're and they're like, like you're like don't know what it's gonna, it's like choose your own adventure. You're like, you really is he coming? Know. He's not. Okay, <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm on. <laughs> I'm ready. I got my glasses. That is I'm offensive. So crazy. Yeah, and our mame was was literally 72 years old, uh, and she lived at a senior home called Le- <laughs> Le- called <laughs> Leisure Village. It was called Leisure Village. We used to have to pick her up in a shuttle. Oh god! And I come and get it. her. Yeah, I did a lot of. You com- know, bless those community theaters for keeping this, the theater alive. For keeping it, you know, it's so important. But man, does it make for some good stories? It, Oh my! And we know we've actually had a lot of talented people come out of that theater. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Amanda Bynes, do you remember Amanda Bynes? She was Mary in Our Secret Garden. Oh my gosh! Um, AJ Holmes, who's like the king of Book of Mormon now. Oh yes, of course. He did a bunch of stuff there. We had a really nice. Oh, Jonathan Saxer, who's like on seven Broadway That's not shows what you did now. Stuff with Sarah Jean. No, okay. Sarah Sarah Jean Ford and I did a, a children's theater, which was actually really cool, called Young Artists Ensemble, huh. and we were doing. Like, I mean, remember, this was teenagers, like 14, 15 year old. I directed them in City of Angels. Oh my God. Like, we did a 15 year old version wow. of City of Angels with the full band, by the way, a full jazz band. That's amazing. Which was incredible. P.S. That'd be a great uh, City Center show. Okay, so apparently, with City Center, really quickly, a lot of the shows that people are like, why aren't you doing this one? The rights owners are like, we're thinking oh, the Broadway revival because someone's come. bought the option, and they're like, yeah. "Hey, listen, I got ten years to do this." So, so it's like City, of, up, An- you guys. City yeah. of Angels, Mac and Mabel, gotcha. Best Little Whorehouse. No, that makes. I sense. think all of them are under that makes sense a different jurisdiction. I get that. Um, oh, you know what? I also I saw recently. Did you? We we were talking about this before we went on the air. The York Theater they did a musicals and Mufti uh, tribute this yeah. this month to Julie Stein. Right. So they did um, Hallelujah Baby, right, which is a Tony Award winning musical. Best musical no one's ever really 1967 seen. 1967 or 68? 67. Yeah, 67. No, 68. 68, 68, 68 you're 68, right. Because yeah. 67 was Cabaret? No. Or 1776? Maybe. Oh, oh, Jesus. People are yelling at us now. We look really... Hair. This is bad. No, not hair. Um, no, not hair. No, no, not hair. Um, anyway, yes. Uh, Hallelujah, baby. Great, great and, story. And uh, Bar Mitzvah Boy. Oh, oh. Which is so, which is never done. No. I saw that. I saw that at Mufti. It was a really good production of a really bad show. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it's, it's not really good, that show. Mm. It's literally people yelling and screaming at each other for two and a half hours about a bar mitzvah. But the cast was so charming, oh, and okay. the director, Annette Joles, did brilliant work on it. Great. And then uh, Subways Are For Sleeping. Oh, yeah, that old chest. Which has one of my favorite songs. I know. I just can't wait to. I see you with clothes on. Because he's following the woman around yes. naked in a towel. I think that's such a clever... God I mean, bless Comden and Green. The l- legendary. I love them so much. I mean, they did it for so long, too. They, and collaborated with so many different... They literally got to collaborate with Leonard Bernstein. You know, that's crazy. Leonard Bernstein, Cy Coleman. Julie Stein. Julie Stein. All of the greats. Oh, my God, do I love them. You know. And I, I think, did I tell you, I'm getting to direct Wonderful Town this summer. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. I'm very excited. Up in Cape Cod. Up in Cape Cod. <gasps> Kevin, they put you, your, your housing is a cottage on the beach. It's amazing. Literally on it's amazing. the beach. Amazing. I'm so excited. So cool. And I get to do Wonderful Town. What a charming... I love that score. I'm a little nervous because I feel like I'm going to want to act out for whoever plays Ruth 100 Easy Ways to you Lose are. a Man. You are. You will. And I might end up playing it if that's 99 okay. 99 Ways to Go. Nice. I was also the trumpet when we did Wonderful <laughs> Town at the Conejo Players. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Uh, sorry. My favorite things. Oh, that's I right. We, we have to do a show, don't we? we? I don't know. This is is your mom yelling though. at us? No, not yet. We're we're staying pretty on topic, sort of, when we hit our topics. We are. We are. I'm. I'm, I'm so. And we we learned something about each other today. Yes. I was chief sitting bull. Oh my god! And we had. I forgot to tell you this part. Oh. We had um, a Native American organization. In our in our community, and a really wonderful guy who was the leader of the organization that was very proactive. He sat front row for Annie. Get that you must done. have been really nice for you. For you and to we look did, out. And we did. I'm an Indian too. That's great, Rob. And this was 1998. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's he, fun. he gave me a very dirty look. Oh God! So this, on the way out, this whole conversation Sorry. actually kind of ties into my favorite thing. What, what randomly casting? being funny but random like it's like they just pressed play and they recorded stuff and they just like let them go are, are we our own favorite thing this well week? sort of it relates to my to my favorite thing actually oh. my favorite thing is an album it is a comedy album a comedy album it real i would classify it as almost like a forbidden broadway okay before it was forbidden broadway okay really um and it was it's two actors and they do 10 songs and they basically do little sketches on each song and they were both in a show at the time and then columbia decided to have them do this sort of comedy album is this nichols and may nope nope it's two men is this dudley moore and peter cook nope it's is it is a wacky weird weird album but it is full of non sequiturs it is full of laughing at themselves it's full of it is and i have to say a a timepiece of its era and it is very funny most of the time this is the two actors are robert morris charles nelson riley i've n- Never you, heard of this. In 1961, they were both in... How to Succeed in Business right. Without Really Trying. So while they were in that, they got together in the studio, and they did basically a forbidden Broadway. They did 10 songs of tracks, and they put little scenarios, and I'll, I'll talk about each one. It's called A Jolly Theatrical Season. Have you I ever heard of this? I have never heard you of guys, this. I cannot believe it. I stumped him. I did it. Really? I cannot wait for you to hear it. It is the campiest, weirdest, wackiest. I mean, it is, and it is on CD. Um, and it, I, I couldn't find it on my Spotify. Um, it is so weird and wacky, and and some of it is dated. Oh, it is definitely dated. The, the Lolita number definitely dated. But um, but but Charles Nelson Charles Nelson Riley and Bobby Morris play themselves and characters on this thing. It's just them like having a kiki, like literally the one out the one track, um anything you could do. They're like, "Hey Bobby, hey Charlie." Da, 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 da. Well, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. And then they start singing, but it is they're like, "Yeah, the studio is really fun today, isn't it?" Yeah, I'm having a great time. And then the guy from the booth is like, "Uh guys, uh we're ready to record now." Boop. And then they just start talking. All right, so the first song is called A Jolly Theatrical Season, which is from the uh, the musical review Parade, which was off-Broadway. Yes, it was okay. Jerry Herman. Yeah, and so this is, this is, but they rewrote the lyrics to talk about all of the shows that were running that season. So it's them pretending that they are, they call each other Walter and Harry. 
the reviewers, Walter Kerr and Harriet Taubman, oh right? Oh, my God. And so they're playing themselves at Sardis, and they're just talking about, they're like saying, oh, what a jolly theatrical season. But really, they're talking about how they're poking fun at how there was so much serious stuff on Broadway those last, th- that year. I've heard this song and from so Parade. And so they literally make fun of like how serious it is, like oh West Side Story, God. and it's so funny. Ha, ha, ha. And Robert Morris literally just laughs the entire time. He's just cackling the entire time. You get the sense that they're giving themselves asides, much like we do during our podcast yes. the whole time. They go off on tangents a lot. So they sing that song. Um, they sing the second song is a Cole Porter song called Siberia from Silk Stockings, um, where they, of course, are like these Russian. Uh, everybody ought to have a maid, except everybody ought to have... No, you have to remember, this album was re- released in 62. So we are used to all of these songs. We're like, oh yeah, everybody yeah. ought to have a maid. No, that song had just come out. Yeah. No one had heard it yet, let alone impose that it was a psychoanalyst's um, a, a, a chair, and it's um, one of them's being analyzed, and the other one talks in the, the voice of the, the Freudian, you know, the Sigmund Freud voice, and he's like, Don't everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have the working girl. It's so weird. But they are so committed, and each of the songs is like four and a half minutes. All right, so everybody ought to have a maid. Wait, lots of inside jokes, lots of laughing. Um, I would say one of the highlights is The Game from Damn Yankees, and then I thought about yeah. the game. <laughs> they Charles Nelson Ribley and Robert Morris play the baseball guys who get, get so much that they're like, yeah, 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 and then I thought about the game, the game, the game. And they, they go through their exploits. A little mm. dated, a little, but it's coming from them, it's a little weird. I have to say one of the other weirder songs is uh, the Lolita number. Like, like like the novel Lolita? Like Because the novel came out in 1955, so this is just yes. six years later, so it's all very new. So Robert Morris plays Lolita, and Charles Nelson <laughs> Riley plays the guy, and he like picks her up from school, and she gets in the car, and all of the jokes, and it's... It is a throw up. I mean, it is like it's a send up, and it is it is wrong. But at that time, it was. They, I think they were they were poking fun at the book and all of that that was going on. But it is a riot. It's so wrong that it's funny. They sing "You Are the Top" as themselves. Well, that's a song I'm sure they and know. And then the double entendre that's going on. Um, they sing another one, uh, a "Brush Up Your Shakespeare," where they again are playing famous Shakespearean actors who come over from the pond, and they are talking about their, you know, how what they did over in London theater scene. Um, and then uh, anything you can do, I can do better, is one of the highlights of the album because where? they are just being so campy and silly with each other. And then the last song, the tenth song, is "Little Tin Box." Um, <gasps> little it, tin box, a little yeah. tin box. And like I said, they are ad lib. If you really want to hear a cat, they 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 are so confident in their comedy because clearly they the person just said. Go, guys. We're recording. We'll just take whatever we can get. Just go. Have fun. This was a favorite thing, I think, when we first started. And I I just, because you mentioned Charles Nelson Rally, I just want to bring it back. Um, That 1974 Tony Awards, where he comes in and does an eight minute comic routine Mm -hmm. explaining all the roles he's played in the past, he was so brilliant, Charles Nelson Rally. A brilliant comedian, and this is him younger, a little pre, you know, match game. Yes, match, match game. game, and and um and yet he was this musical comedy actor, and they're they are really you're listening to two pros of the musical comedy world 
uh, doing their shtick. And it, it was, is shticky. Oh, it is. Do not get me wrong. But it is funny the way they play off each other. It makes you wish that you could have seen them both live because they just are so freaking funny. He's good. And They're it's go-go weird. Both so good. It's also a great little time capsule of what musical theater was like in the 1960s mm. and how they were trying to poke fun at itself when now we have Forbidden Broadway and we have all these ways, Spamilton, you know, of making fun of our own art form. Well, that's what they were trying to do in this album. And the fact that they were in a show at the time and they were like ran to the studio in Columbia thought to put out this album of these two stars is kind of original wild idea. Then we don't know about it today. Nobody really is talking about it. It's got two reviews on Amazon. How did you find it? I I always had it. I think because Nerdy Kevin is someone who I would go to the record store and I used to just like page through everything, you know, just look through all the CDs and I found it. And and the CD cover is six little... pictures of them in the costumes of each of the scenes. So they're like the Russians in the one scene. They're like the critics in the other. You know, it's them being clowns. They're clowns. They're clowns. And so the, I just found it, and I thought, well, I love Robert Morris. I love Charles Nelson Riley. What is this? I need to have this. So I bought it, and it was just... I remember the first time I listened to it, I was like, I don't get this. This is really, really mm. weird. And then I listened to it again recently, a little older, a little more rooted in my musical theater history, and it just killed me. I can I oh, <laughs> I can't I, believe I love it. I have never heard of this. I hate that I have known you this long and I've never been to your apartment to see your record collection. Oh my gosh, you're gonna you're coming over. Next time we record, we're recording at my place. I have never seen this record co- He's got prizes in there that I don't even know about. It's true. I'm very upset because I should know about this. <laughs> but maybe if I had gone to your apartment and looked at the fucking record collection. <laughs> I could have seen some of this. I know. I'm sorry. This, you don't have me over because you're afraid I'm going to steal shit. Well, I got favorite or, things I got to cover, Rob, you know? Because <laughs> you hoard them. You yep. hoard them. Or you're afraid, you're afraid I'm going to come look. over and I'm going to steal things That's from right. you. Uh, yes. Like my friend did when I was growing up with my G.I. Joes. Every time I ask him, I go, where do you live? He goes, I live in Queens. Never gets any more specific than that. <laughs> so I can't find him. I'm like Ethel Merman's hometown. Ethel <laughs> <laughs> I I trust you. My angel cast recording is in it's a hidden. frame. I know it's like locked up. <laughs> it's it's on the wall though for you to take. How dare you? You won't even let I me try. come over and look at your stuff. Oh, I can't believe it. I love you, Rob. Oh. So a jolly theatrical season is my contribution today, and I'm so excited because you actually had never heard of it. Never heard of and it. It's it really is. I can just picture sitting with you and you'd be laughing your ass off because <laughs> it is so campy and so weird, and it's just it's a really fun listen. And it's 45 minutes long. Just check it out. Okay, I'd love to, <laughs> but I can't. I'll send it to you. Because it's CD. I have it on digital. It's digital. Oh, okay. I don't have the record, actually. It's a ca- ca- CD. I have a, a you used to, You're a big collector. I, I used to be and still am. I mean, I have it all, but I don't actively buy stuff because it's you know, we got um, other priorities now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I used to have... In my 20s, I bought everything. Oh, my God. Oh, when I I think we had talked about this before. When I was at Penn State, we had that interlibrary loan where you could get, like, any cast recording you wanted. um, And I just burned them all. Dump them on the CD. Uh, Yeah, 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 that's what I used to do. Totally. I used to have a large CD collection, but then I donated it to um, Out of the Closet in L.A. Aww. So I was like, I like to have take. it. I'm a weirdo. I like I, to have the liner notes. Well, I, you know, I've re- I've taken all the jewel cases out, and I have these little IKEA boxes that I I have them all filed underneath oh, the couch. Oh, really? Yeah, and I keep them underneath oh. the couch. I'm really nerding out now, but yeah, and I keep them all. And I've like, I mean, I've 800 or so, and I I just love having the 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 tangible thing that I probably need to grow out of that at some point. But I regret not having the tangible thing because when I first moved to the city, I had an, a huge collection. And I had over 3,000 books, 
and they were all dealing with the theater. And they literally took up this whole apartment. Yeah. And I'm like, this is unfair to me. It was unfair to my husband. So I was like, I'm donating them all to the Strand. You and now, did? Yeah. I donated them to the Strand. <laughs> I sold them to the Strand. Right. Um, but it was pretty much like a dollar. You know what right, I mean? Like I got right, nothing right, for right. it. Um, but now that we do the podcast, I really regret I not having the tangible items Those to look at. Reference. I, I do enjoy holding a, re- a book, like a reference musical theater book. I was really, you know. I was doing something yesterday on Johnny Mercer, um, and I was like, oh, where's that Johnny Mercer book? And I'm like, well, it's at the Strand. I don't have the Johnny Mercer book oh, anymore. Oh, right. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're, you're kind of a slave to the internet. Yeah, true. And you hope to God that the research on the internet is accurate. Yeah. But, you know, right. nine times out of ten, it, it is. But, you know, you want, you want more. You want something more extensive. Right. Oh, well. Oh, well. Thanks. Which Did I do one yet? No, no. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So mine, we've never done this before. Are Uh-oh. you ready? Ooh, I'm excited. Mine is a theater. A theater. An actual building. Is it a theater that has a season of, of like a regional theater? It is not a regional theater. Is it a theater in Broadway? It is a theater in Broadway. Is it a theater that you have done a special 54 Below celebrates? It is a is, theater. Is it the music box? It is indeed. Oh, the Let music me explain box. why. So, we haven't done this before. Wow, that was like, I just like <laughs> fell right into that one. That was easy. That was an easy one. Um, so... I, we've, I've mentioned this before, but I'm very lucky. At Feinstein's 54 Below, Jennifer Ashley Tepper and I do a series where we celebrate the theaters on Broadway because we feel that the theater should be celebrated the same way we celebrate national monuments and landmarks. The theater itself has possessed so many interesting things, right. and we've been very lucky. We've done one on the Colonial Theater in Boston, right. which I'm very proud to say helped save the Colonial. Yes. Because when we Jen and I announced we were doing it, all the Boston papers covered us, yeah. and it put pressure on Emerson. It's fantastic. And now Moulin Rouge is doing their out of town. Are you at serious? At the Colonial that in is Boston. So cool. Yes, it's going to be a dining hall. Oh my gosh. Not anymore. Not anymore. Thank you, Jen Tepper. Good job. Um, and then we did the Neil Simon Theater. We've done uh, the, the Broadhurst. Bro- the Broadhurst that one. Yeah. you were in. Um, and recently, Jen and I did the Music Box Theater, and. The reason I want to talk about the music box is because I was trying to articulate this um, in our concert. The theater has given us so many stories that have changed the narrative of theatrical history and what a story can be, a a dramatic story can accomplish. Um, Jen and I were talking, and she's like, well, you know, the theater didn't really have a lot of 
you know, diversity in terms of its playwrights. But I was like, yeah, but the diversity in stories is incredible. So a little history on, on why I think we should be celebrating the music box today. Okay. Um, it was opened in 1921, and it was owned by Irving, Irving Berlin, Berlin yeah. and Sam Harris. That's right. Irving Berlin wanted to build his own theater. So he bought the land for like $330,000 and built the theater for $900,000. And one of the cool things was when I was doing research with it, I got to sit down with Irving Berlin's granddaughters and they told us... You did? Yeah. They were great. We went to Sardi's. How cool is that? Are you kidding me? No. And they were telling us, and they and what's so interesting is it's like, you know, Jen and I went and we're sitting there being like, tell us this, tell us this. And they're like, well, that's grandpa. Like, it's their grandpa. Do you know what I mean? It's no. I said to the um, to uh, one of them. I said, "When did you know that your grandfather was Irving Berlin?" She said, "I didn't realize it until I was in school." And my teacher was like, "Okay, class, today we're going to all send a card to Emily's grandfather, a Mm -hmm. happy birthday card to Emily's grandfather." And she goes, "Why are they all sending one to my grandfather? We don't do it for anyone else's grandfather." (laughs) Right. And she said, and then the next day on the front page of the New York Times was Grandpa's picture saying he's, you know, 90 years old today. She goes, so I knew something was incredible. And she told us these really cool stories. That I mean, first of all, he was an immigrant. Yes, a Russian Jew that, like, wrote patriotic American songs. And That's he came amazing. over, she said, he came over on, a, on one of the ships, and he had a scar on his forehead because he was on the lower part of the boat, and on the upper was the upper class, and one of the upper class people accidentally dropped a pen knife. No. And it hit him in the forehead, and that's where the scar <gasps> is. And she said, what's so touching about that story is, less than 10 years later, they were playing Alexander's Ragtime Band on the ship. It's insane. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So he bought this theater, which was supposed to house his music box reviews, um, which gave the music box review was a, a review that Irving Berlin gave us every single year from 1921 to 1924, and it introduced some really great songs. But one of my favorites was introduced on that stage. What'll I do? What'll I do if you are far away? Wow. Best version of What'll I Do I've ever heard. What'll I do going into Time Heals Everything, sung by Barbara Cook. Amazing. Campiest version of What'll I Do. B. Arthur as Dorothy's Bornack goes to the rusty anchor. Oh my God! She's sitting at the piano, and she becomes the big star of the rusty anchor. Oh my gosh! She's humming. What'll I do when you are Just far away? Make sure you don't hold the last note, B. Arthur. No. No. And she doesn't. <laughs> well, you know do we joke about this, you guys. We always say that B. Arthur never holds the last I note. When I am blue, and I'm wondering who's kissing you. What'll I do? <laughs> Love it so much. That's it. Um, then after that, though, the then the 30s and 40s were dominated by. Listen to this. Listen to what people got to see in this one building. They got to hear Cole Porter's "Let's Do It" uh. for the first time. They got to hear Ethel Waters sing "Supper Time" mm. for the first time. The first work about a par- musical about apartheid, "Lost in the Stars," was on the stage. Right. George S. Kaufman on that stage gave us "The Man Who Came to Dinner." Um, Merrily We Roll Along, uh, Stage Door, the first musical to win a Pulitzer Prize of The I Sing. Well, and my, I'm reading The Act right now by Miles Hart. In, oh, yes. In The Act, you hear he's like on a first, his first time walking. He wrote, you know, you walking into the, the theater of the music box, walking to the office that, that, were, that are in there and talking to the producer. You know, you hear about it in the book. And upstairs in Irving Berlin's office, there was like a safe that if you turned it away, it became like a bar 
because oh during Prohibition, like it's where all, all the liquor was. Um, it also gave us uh, I'd Rather Be Right, mm. which is a musical I'm fascinated by. I'd the Rogers and Hart? It's, uh, it's Lorenz Hart, Moss Hart, George S. Kaufman. Oh. Is it Richard Rogers? Oh, shit. I'm, yeah, it, it is Richard Rogers. It is. I think it's Richard Rogers. No, it is Richard Rogers. Yeah. But the, the musical, I find this so fascinating. Uh, the musical was about a man who needed to, who wanted to marry his fiance, but he couldn't do it until he got a raise. He needed money to marry her. It's very How Now Dow Jones. <laughs> and so who comes in to save the day? President Franklin Roosevelt is a character in the musical played by George M. Cohan. And he tap danced. That's nuts. Franklin Roosevelt, who had polio, gets up and tap dances. And they asked George M. Cohen, like, why? And he's like, this is America. In America, the president can do anything. Think of the optimism in the 1930s versus what we have today. Oof. Wow. Isn't that yeah, amazing? That's wild. So that's I'd rather be right. Um, we also had plays like Wait Until Dark, mm. Death Trap. All of William Inge's plays, Picnic and Bus Stop. And then Death Trap, which um, was like one of the longest running thrillers on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And Marianne Seldes is in the Guinness Book of World Records because, I th- oh God, forgive me, the show ran shit, over a thousand performances. Marianne Seldes never missed a performance. She was with the run from the minute the show opened to the minute the show closed. Oh, and that's... she never missed a performance. That's crazy. And she was in the Guinness Book. And, and they title her in the Guinness Book of World Records as like, the, uh, the holds the record for being the most like adorable actress or so, something like that. <laughs> the fact that she was with us for so long. Wow. Um, the original Merrily We Roll Along, guess how many people were in this cast? Uh, I don't know. 91 people. The original Merrily, the stage the version. The play. 91? 91 people in one of Broadway's most oh intimate houses. And... Need I mention to you that Agnes of God was at the Music Box Theater. Um, The the Music Box Theater also (laughs) gave us works by by females in the 1920s, people like Norma Mitchell and Maureen Dallas Watkins. The play Chicago that the musical is based on was at the Music Box. The 70s, 80s, and 90s were not a kind time for musicals at the Music Box. Uh, One of the most famous flops from the 1970s is this musical that Jen was telling me about. I had never heard of it before called Rainbow Jones. What? So, folks, if Jen cannot find a demo of this or a recording, neither can I. If you have Rainbow Jones, let us know. Rainbow Jones was about a woman who goes into a park, lives in a park, and makes friends with all the animals, like an Aesop's Fables thing. Mm -hmm. But then at the end, you find out through, I think, like her psychoanalysis, that the animals are all like relatives in her life. Oh, my gosh. That oh they are like representing. So it's a very right. meta- one performance. Little only. on a clear day kind one, of. Yeah. One, tell, perf- one performance. Learner was definitely behind no, it. No, exactly. <laughs> then, then we had such wonderful flops mm. that we love, like Michael Rupert's Mail, Cy right. Coleman's Welcome to the Club. And then In My Life? Uh, I saw that, my friend. Okay, so let me ask and you. And Amour. And Amour? Mm-hmm. In My Life, the. The, the, the yes. Lemon musical. Yes, of course. And it was because it, it was, you know, what's his name? You light up my life. That guy, Joe Brooks. He's. That's me. I wrote that song. Yeah. You Joe light up my life. And that money made him so much money that he could, I think he self-funded this. He did. It was a vanity piece. So when we, when at the, at the music box, we had three of the original cast members come back and they told us stories. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't believe any of this. This couldn't no. have happened. And Apparently it all happened. And I have the CD, happen. the little teaser CD that yeah. they handed out in Schubert Alley. I have the three songs on there. 
Um, it was about a guy with Tourette syndrome. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and a girl that I forget her problem. She had something weird. Mushu pork. Too. She could only eat mushu pork. Shut up! You made that up. No, seriously. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I remember there was a god figure, uh, and and then the yes, the lemon at the end yeah. that came in. Uh, 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 Bryn something. She opened it um, uh, with a pop song of this girl that was fourteen at the time. I, I, it was a wild, weird experience. And everyone in the theater, I remember, we all were kind of looking at each other. The, I remember the critics were there, and we all were kind of like, "We're all experiencing this together right now. This is crazy." The, the three cast members were saying that it was the most surreal experience. Chris, and, Jer- Christopher Hankey. Christopher Hankey. Yep. Uh, Jonathan I Groff, her. I Jessica think, was Bovers? in it. Jessica Wasn't Bovers she? was in it. Um, and one of the women was saying, she goes, what was really interesting, Mr. she goes, Bogart. this was before the time of social media. She's like, so people had no problem coming right up to you saying your show was horrible. Oh, <laughs> She's like, there was no, like, weird internet to help protect yeah, you. Yeah, totally. So anyway, so... Okay, I, music box. Yeah. And then also recently, Shuffle Along... Mm-hmm. Which celebrated the history of a whole group of musical theater artists whose story had not been told previously. And now this juggernaut that's Dear Evan Hansen, which uh, people are obsessed with beyond belief. What we got to do at this concert, which was really cool, was we premiered a cut song from Dear Evan Hansen that nobody had ever heard before. Amazing. So that was like... That's exciting. Oh, my God. That the Dear Evan Hansen fans like that one. We had so many in the audience. Because Will Rowland sang it, Because the great Will Rowland, it was a song that his character Jared was Mm -hmm. supposed to sing called Going Viral, Mm -hmm. which was about how, you know, if you do one thing, the whole world is going to know about it. it. Um, And it was a great song, but uh, it got cut. So anyway, the, the Music Box Theater, like I said, Jen is absolutely correct. Correct in the fact that no, the the group of playwrights there were not very diverse, but the stories were, right. and I think that that's right. really really important. So mine is a theater, and it was the music box. Fantastic, theater. and mine is a really weird album of Charles Nelson Riley and Robert Morris being hams, basically just being clowns. <laughs> called a jolly theatrical season from nineteen sixty two. I love how you say it. Say it again. A jolly theatrical season. I love when you say it. A jolly theatrical. <laughs> can you do it like Charles Nelson Riley? I'm not a good Charles Nelson Riley. I can't I do an impression I don't think of I him can either. Do, like, because he's. I don't know. I can't even try. It's Have you ever like seen Alec weird... Baldwin's? No. SNL really quickly. They do an Inside the Actors Studio parody. Yeah. And it's James Lipton interviewing Alec Baldwin as Charles Nelson Riley. Are you? I bet he kills it. And I he's bet like, you he's so good at it. And it's like he's like, tell me about the time you played. Temple, not Templeton. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! What no, is? It? You, but your James Lipton is spot on. It's the rat. He plays a rat somewhere oh, like at in, some point, and like 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 the bridges, the trolls of Central Park, or yeah. something. And he goes, "Hello, I'm a troll." <laughs> <laughs> and that's like his one thing. And he's like, "Tell me about the time you were on Match Game." Hello, I'm gonna fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing like, this powder blue leisure suit. Always in a little cap. It is tap. so. Th- oh, thank you. I'm so happy you like my James Lipton. That was very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you it's about the- in that chair? <laughs> Did I tell you about the time we tried to get him to do a concert for us? Because oh, we tried to get him at the the Colonial, because that's where Sherry was. Yeah. Uh, this musical, this famous musical, the man who came to dinner. And I, and I sent him an email, and he goes, "Yes." He actually called me. and Goes, "I love to do it. I think we will use." Bernadette Peters. You're like, uh, I was like, James, I've got ten dollars not... and a blue drink ticket. <laughs> so if Bernadette Peters wants to come in for ten dollars and a blue drink ticket, she's more than welcome to. But he got all the stars on that cast album. Boy, that Carol we Burnett, about Nathan that Lane. Album, right? Yeah, I think that was a favorite. Thing. It was, yeah. yeah. Carol Burnett, Nathan Lane, Tommy Toon, Mike Myers, uh, Bernadette Peters. It's a good, yeah. And him, and and he showed up in it. James Lipton. That's right. That's right. That's right. He wrote. Don't you like his show? Nowhere to go but up. 
I know of it. I know the poster that's in the parking garage on 44th Street. Maybe that's Street. why I've heard you talk 44th about it. 44th Street. Oh, yeah. We should get him on the show. I yeah. bet you he'd be... F- I'd be intimidated. To Whatever. To interview him. I think we got it. <laughs> this is confidently. All right. That was... You both know nothing. <laughs> that's what he'll say to us. Like you that. both know absolutely nothing of what you ask. Like, <laughs> you had oatmeal this morning for breakfast, James. Is that correct? Is that what you always have? With cranberries. <laughs> You forgot the cranberries, <laughs> the most essential part of an oatmeal aroma <laughs> is the cranberries. Thank you, James. Who are you going to interview now? <laughs> I'm giving the Lifetime Achievement Award to the young girl from This Is Us. <laughs> she plays the daughter. <laughs> I'm asleep. I'm, I am too, but I'm still going. I know. But I hope our audience has stopped. Are you guys still? We'll cut this out. <laughs> Although, never mind. I'll tell you later. I have a, I, instead of Robert Goulet doing Waving Through a Window now, now I have Tova Feldsha doing Waving Through a Window, which is pretty good. That's amazing. I'll tell you off air. Next week. <laughs> oh, next week. Kevin's literally getting up and walking away. He's, he's done. He's going. He's leaving. Bye. You learn to slam on the brake before you even turn the key. See it? She's angry in that version. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.